Mainstream Radio. Together, we have the power. Hello. Welcome. Uh, Sasha here. And welcome to the Audio Mango Van, the elevated podcast experience that we are now partnered with. Um, my name's Sasha. If you don't know me, uh, I have been working within the music industry for the last 25 years. And I am here today to tell you a little bit about our backstory, uh, a little bit about what's going on, uh, what we're doing with the radio, a little bit about me and and why I'm doing this and why I am inviting as many people, like-minded music lovers, to get involved in what we're doing next. So first of all, I want to thank you for listening because listening is really the most important thing about radio. And yeah, radio is a really, really fundamental thing for me. It's a really important thing. Um, and that's why I'm sitting here talking to you today. So I'm going to go a little bit back, if that's okay. And I'm going to go through a little bit of my backstory as to why I'm in music um, and, and, and what it's all about for me. Um, this isn't just a job for me. Music ha- is my life. And it is so important to me for so many different reasons. And, and that's really why I want to kind of go back uh, a little bit on this backstory for this, this first podcast. And, and to tell you a little bit about where I come from and why it's important to me. So here we are um, on April the 5th, 2022. And we are getting ready for Brighton Music Conference and I have been living in Brighton for the last nine years, um, but I'm originally from Essex, would you guess? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm an orig- original Essex girl, born and bred in Southend-on-Sea, and that is where my first 16 years of my life I spent, mostly, and I was a, a disco kid. And I always did love my music, but I was right into the discos, um, the discos in Southend. Um, and that was right up until, until the music turned to rave for me. And when I first moved into uh, going to the rave clubs and the, uh, the house clubs in Southend. And funnily enough, I have recently taken myself back to where my story began in those days. And I was back then working at a club called Raquel's in Basford in my part-time. I was working in the city. And in on a Friday night, I was working at Raquel's in Basford. And that was a notorious, notorious scandal that hit um, Basford and Essex of that time that is well known the whole Leah Betts and the Essex boys murders, Range Rover murders. And as I was working as a barmaid back then, I was interviewed and I was involved with all of that uh, scandal at the time. I was innocent, obviously. <laughs> uh, I was just a barmaid. But it's a really interesting time for the rave scene because for me up till then, raving had just been a just a, a lovely, amazing community and a, a family that, I had found on the dance floor and and then everything got a little bit darker and a little bit scary. So the whole rave scene died a little bit in Essex and I carried on raving in London and I'd grown to love it and the, the true re- 
the true spirit of rave being peace, love, unity and respect, us being one on the dance floor is something that I still hold very, very true today. Um, and so I went on and then I was working in the city and then I went on to change my career very drastically to become a page three model. Now I'm not gonna talk to I'm not gonna talk about my page three modelling um in this podcast because this isn't about that. But that's what I was uh when I started in full time industry. So I had been a page three model and I've been a page three model for three or four years after leaving the city. And and it was a a, a different view of the world that I got when I was page three modelling. But then I was still raving right the way through all of that time. And I started raving around the country and I was going to a gate crusher in Sheffield and a Sunday Century in Leeds and Birmingham. And it was at Sunday Central that I uh, started seeing one of the promoters. And then we, they, Sunday Central were doing their first year at uh, Eden in Ibiza. It was their first season in Ibiza. And I and a couple of other girls were asked to be the promoters for Sunday Central in Ibiza. So it was the summer of 2000 when I uh, made my entry into the dance music industry uh, and on a full-time basis working for Sunday Central uh, in Ibiza at Eden. That was the most maddest, insane learning curve um, and incredible summer. Uh, it was the highs and the lows of my summer in 2000 working for Sunday Central was pure, pure insanity. All I can say is working for Sunday Central and anybody that knows Sunday Central's history, um, it is pure, it was pure insanity working for them. But one thing that Sunday Central always showed me and it was something that highlighted me at the very, very start of working in this industry was Sunday Central as a club promotion had the most amount of passion and love within its uh, followers and the clubbers and the community that uh, surrounded Sunday Central and, and the heart of that community being Madders and Danny who, who run Sunday Central. So anyway, fast forward a little bit through this summer. Unfortunately, I had some really, uh, one of the most... Uh, one of the most difficult and uh, life-threatening things happened to me while I was in Ibiza that summer, right at the start. But fortunately, I, I managed to keep on going. And at the end of that summer, we um, we decided to break from Sunday Central and to start up a new club night. And I then moved to Bristol with my partner at the time and went into business with... Dan Prince um, and my partner to launch Scream and Scream was the very first club night that I ran that I was a part of and and it meant an awful lot to me. Once again when it comes to the industry and working in the industry there's the always the good side and the bad side the yin and the yang and the things that you learn through the industry and through the hard times and the good times have really, really set me up. And although 
some of those bad things were really, really, really difficult to deal with at the time. Other people's mistakes and my mistakes, we all learn from, I hope. So yes, it was with Scream and in Bristol that my after Sunday Central, my first true running a club night of my own uh, began. And when we got to Bristol, we looked for the most popular DJs in the area, as you do. And there was two two young lads called Dan Pierce and Greg Shiel, uh, who was known as the Saint then. And Dan Pierce will, is commonly known by many more people nowadays as it eats everything. But back then, he was just Dan Pierce playing hard house with the Saint. And he became our, they were, both of them became our resident DJs playing every week, every Friday after the headliner. And Paul Conroy was the warm-up DJ and Paul Conroy was also the drive-time radio DJ for Galaxy Western Wales. And he started doing the Friday night show as the Scream show. We sponsored the Friday night show. And this was my first experience with first hand with a true radio DJ and I always love and still do to this day uh, Paul Conroy's radio shows uh, he's a brilliant brilliant radio DJ should be much more well known than he is um, he's edgy he's uh, near to the mark and he doesn't talk down to the listener and this is one of the things that I am really really strong about on the fact that many commercial radio stations do seem to belittle and talk down to the listener which is not my bag so anyway back at Scream we had uh, Dan Pierce and the Saint finishing this every Friday and we had Paul Conroy starting every every week and the residents our star residents were Judge Jules and Fergie and Lisa Lashes and throughout that couple of years I spent an awful lot of time getting to know all of the all of the ropes of being a true club promoter and what it's like to run an 1800 capacity night every week so after scream um as things do in this world things move on and uh difficult times for us personally and through scream came about and so it came that i decided to leave and i ran away to ibiza funnily enough as you do um, I went on to work for School Disco out there and I did a good few seasons in Ibiza. After my return from Ibiza, I managed to bag myself a job in London at Sirius Artist Management. Sirius was owned and run by Judge Jules's brother. Uh, it looked after Judge Jules, Norman Jay and uh, a lot of the trance DJs back in those days. Um, John Kelly, uh, Scott Bond, Matt Hardwick, all of the Gatecrusher crew. And then we had the funky house side that Norman Jay was heading up. And I would like to give props out to Norman Jay MBE right here, right now, for being a DJ who, from the very start, has I always given me the utmost respect, even when I was just a, just a little girl in the office that nobody knows. And and he's a true respectful DJ of the music and of the art. And um, Norman to this day, I really hold in really, really true high regard. So thank you, Norman, for being there at the start of my artist management and promotion days. 
So my time at Sirius, I then got to understand the side of looking after DJs, booking DJs and managing DJs. And I started with, with a DJ called Oliver Lang. And I went on to look after Joe Mills, Filthy Rich and John Kelly. And then after three years of being at Sirius, I decided that it was time to make my break out on my own. And in 2006... I decided to uh, tell my bosses that I was off and I was taking my DJs with me. <laughs> um, that didn't go down that well with some people, but others were kind of, you know, good luck to you, girl, go and, go and, go and do your thing. So in 2006, I left Serious Artist Management and I had been doing the promotions there for Serious at the Cross and for Dusted at Pasha and Ibiza. And... I had been looking after DJs and I made my break and in 2006 I started up Ideal DJs which was my first DJ agency running on my own. From 2006 to 2010, now 2006 was a really difficult time, so in 2006 was we had the smoking ban, we, we were on the end of a recession and it was a difficult time for me personally again at that time um, and even though I had absolutely no money to my name, I decided it was a really good idea to uh, start up a business. So all I can say is, you know, don't let anything stop you. I really didn't have any money at the time but it was a... A passion and the experience that I had, I, I wanted to do something for myself, and and to move forward in my own way, and that is what self-employment does for you. It does give you the freedom to make the choices yourself. So in two thousand and six, I started Ideal DJs. I, I moved out of London because I couldn't afford to be there while starting up my own business. Moved back to my roots, back in Essex. So Ideal DJs Limited was born, and my close relationship with DJs and managing them and looking after them started. And my main DJ then was a DJ named Filthy Rich, Rich Wakely now. And our relationship and our teamwork and everything we did together became really, really close, really, really strong. And I, and Rich helped me uh, as, a, as a team to be able to build the reputation up of my agency. And so many DJs came through the agency from, from the teamwork that we were demonstrating really I believe between me and Rich and the work that I was putting in and so people did start to gravitate towards me and and I started to look after many many DJs from Proc, Proc and Fitch to uh, jo Jason Hurd and John Fitz separately not when they were Hurd and Fitz um, uh, so many DJs that I can hardly remember, remember all of their names um, but I do love DJs and I, I love uh, helping DJs. It is what I've been doing for the last 20 years. And DJs are all different because they're all different people. So all DJs are different, but they all have one thing that is the same. And that one thing is the same is they all want to play. <laughs> and they all want to play well. And they all want to play to people. And they want to play to more and more people and they want to make them dance. 
and they're being allowed to express themselves and given the freedom to do what they want to do and to be looked after along the way. Uh, one of the things about looking after DJs is to make sure that they are being looked after and that is not just their gigs and making sure that they get to their gigs on time and making sure they get paid but it's also looking after the person and the duty of care of a DJ was always really important to me because that's the relationship and relationships are what makes my business and my life valuable um because relationships and the better the relationship the better everything works and the better everybody is doing and the happier we all are I always had an eye for talent and an eye for energy and a, a true energy that is just needing more and more help and more encouragement to shine through we all have genius in us um but it's about how you're able to let that free and that is I realized that that was part of my job to make them happy uh, to make sure they were comfortable and allowed to well free to express themselves in the best way they can and to take people to another level behind that DJ box to let people express themselves on the dance floor as they do behind the DJ box and to let people free with the music so that's what I do with my DJs and I spent all of my waking hours uh, looking after my DJs, trying to make sure they were happy as I possibly could. I will say that sometimes that would be at the uh, uh, deficit of my own, uh, my own personal day-to-day -day life, as in when you've taken on so much, and I'm very good at doing that, taken on so much, and then you are splitting your time and you have a high level of service and so you want to be doing the best job so so you do do go over and above and beyond for your DJs and that is part of the job so anyway that's what I did for four years and I concentrated solely and entirely on looking after my DJs and making sure that they were as busy as I possibly could but then in 2010 times were becoming even more difficult so ideal djs was the name ideal djs was born from me and my best mate sitting in our living room going what do we want to be how how what kind of service do i want to provide and so we came up with all these different words and then we put them into a theosaurus and came up with ideal and she went what about ideal and i was like Ideal, yes, that's what we want to be. <laughs> and I liked all the connotations of our ideal DJs and ideal DJs, as in great DJs and all of those things. So that was how the ideal name first and foremost came about. So with ideal DJs, I um, expanded my roster over the years. I started off with Oliver Lang, uh, Filthy Rich and Joe Mills. And I went on to look after Elite Force, Lee Coombs, Meet Katie, uh, the Young Punks, uh, also known Hal Ritson from The Young Punks. I looked after MC Flipside, you can see me reminding myself, Aqua Sky, Proc and Fitch, um, Lazy Rich, Zodiac Cartel, another name for Elite Force, <laughs> John Fitz, Jason Hurd, uh, DJ PP, otherwise known as Gabrielle Rocker, 
uh, Jalabi Cartel from India, all kinds of DJs basically. Um, but there were certain DJs that were an awful lot closer. So some DJs I was just doing bookings, they had other management. Uh, but the DJs that I were managing were Will Bailey, Filthy Rich, uh, John Fitz. And yeah, that was the main ones. And we, you become very, very close with DJs. And when I was looking after Filthy Rich, him and his engineer at the time decided they wanted a techno alias. And so and that was when Spectre was born and his whole label. So, yeah, we, I went on to carry on with the DJ agency for four years. And then at one point I had a DJ called Dan Pierce who I'd been looking after Scream. He came back to me um, and he gave me a ring and was looking to try and get back into DJing because he had uh, uh, fallen off the wayside. And and it's everything was the last DJ that I took on for Ideal DJs Limited, and it's everything was on my agency when he broke through. So there we are now, 2010, and I've been in business for four years, self-employed, Ideal DJs Limited, looking after DJs and sending them all around the world. Now I will, in further podcasts, uh, go into more in depth about my backstory of the first ten years in the industry. Um, but what I want to uh, con- focus on and concentrate on now is my entry into radio and why radio came about for me. Having been a club promoter and having been a booking agent and DJ manager, I'd seen uh, some many sides of the industry. Um, and at that point in time. I was going through a difficult point in my own personal life. Um, I Unfortunately, my mother was very unwell with addiction problems. And uh, my boyfriend was also unwell with addiction problems. And uh, the industry was really, really difficult at the time. And many of my DJs were all over the Beatport charts and doing really well on a musical level. Um, had so much great music coming out and I had so many great artists and I felt very very frustrated at the time that it didn't seem to matter how hard I worked I was not able to still get them the level of work that they needed or the level of attention that they needed not just needed but they deserved for their music and there's nothing more frustrating than as an agent and a booker when you've got a load of really, really talented artists and they're all working really hard and you're working really hard and you're still just not managing to get through to where you need to be as a whole. And so as an agent and a booker, you have uh, a lot of worried DJs sometimes and, you know, what's going to be happening and, and the DJ life is very unstable. And so it was at this time that I was like, what am I going to do now? Um, What can I do to take my business to another level and to help support all my DJs and for for it to all start working? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I was working really, really hard, but not earning much money. Um, and, And so I was kind of digging deep at the time as to like, what do I do? Do I stay in the industry? Is this right for me? Um all of the personal things that I was going through were really, really difficult. And so it was in 2010 when 
I, having unfortunately put my mother in rehab, um, uh, I was then off to my very first Burning Man. Now, I was taking my DJs to Burning Man. I didn't really know anything about Burning Man at that time. Um, my DJ, Will Bailey, had been there the year before and uh, a guy called Jeff had contacted him on MySpace back in those MySpace days and had contacted him and invited him to the desert. And Will had gone off to the desert in 2009 and come back. And so the next year, he, he the Jeff had come to me and said, do you want to come this year and bring more of your DJs? So that's what I had been organising for some time throughout all the nightmares that were going on in my personal life. I was still working my ass off trying to make things work. And I had organised everything and we went off to Burning Man and it was my first trip to the desert. Now, for those of you who haven't been to the Burning Man or have never heard of it, Burning Man is an art festival and it is a festival like no other place on earth as far as I'm concerned. Um, it is out in the desert, eight hours north drive from Vegas. And Burning Man is created by the people that go. It's created by the community. And it is run on 10 principles of how you live within your community when you're in that desert. Um, everybody brings their own sound systems, that everybody brings their own supplies. Um, all Burning Man really provide is the toilets, the portaloos, and you go to the desert and you create your own community and your own camp. And the reason I talk about it so highly is the fact that it really did change my life. I walked into the desert a very uh, stressed uh, unhappy, worried, um, and struggling in very, very, very many ways on financial levels, personal levels, business levels, the lot. But still made it to Vegas, and I was there with Rich, uh, Phil for Rich, and Will Bailey, and we were driving up to the desert uh, together, and it was quite a trip. And all kinds of things happened in that desert, but one of the things that it taught me the most was even though I'd been so, 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 so stressed and and going through such a difficult time at that point, when I walked into that desert, all of my worries lifted. And I realised that, um, that taking yourself away from the problems and taking yourself into a place where everyone was equal, there's no money in the desert, there's no branding in the desert, uh, it is a place where you need to drop your ego and very much like what I believe the spirit of rave is all about. So when I first walked into the desert, all I could say was, oh my God, it's like my first ever rave. As that's what the feeling was like. It was not just about the music, it was the feeling and the feeling of, oh my God, this is so amazing and everybody's friendly and everybody's just so happy to be here and the vibe is electric and and all of those things. So 2010, Burning Man, I spent the whole week in the desert and a lot of things happened and I ended up leaving the desert on my own um, and and it was a journey that taught me so many things. And... I came back, well, 
in that desert, I was standing on the Tower of Babel with a DJ called Elite Force, uh, otherwise known as Simon Shackleton. And he is a true force in that desert. He plays many, many a set in that desert and have been going for many more years than I have. And I remember standing on that stage at the top of the Tower of Babel with Elite Force and wishing that I had somebody to share it with, some a play friend, a playmate. Everybody else had their kind of their their person that they'd gone to the desert with. Um, and my, I'd gone there with my DJs, but they had their girlfriends and wives and things like that. And and so I was on my own little journey. And I made a few vows at the top of that Tower of Babel um, about how I w- would get back to that desert. And the next time I got back to that desert, I wanted to be somebody with somebody that I could really share it with and play with and have a good time with and not just be worrying about my DJs because I'd realised when I got to the desert that you can't work in the desert. It's all about the play and it's all about the fun. So anyway, I came back from Burning Man and came back to the UK with a big fat crush and tried to decompress and go, what am I going to do now? And over those next few months, I spent a lot of time soul-searching and trying to change things that we're not happy about in my life. And one of the things that Burning Man had given me was the confidence and strength in myself to do that and to make the changes that I needed to make to push forward. And although some of those changes were really, 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 really hard and, and were uh, really, really challenging, they were changes that I needed to make and I have now... 10 years later, I proved to myself that that was the right thing to do. And some of those changes were, um, I split up with my boyfriend. Um, I had to disconnect from some toxic environments that were really damaging for me. And I needed to do something to make my business and everything that I was doing work for me. And it's just not just on a business level. No, I've never been in the music business for the money. We all need money to survive. Um, But I was taught that money is the greatest expression of your creativity. And if you're struggling for money, then you need to get more creative. That was what my life coach told me. So when I came back from the desert, I spent a lot of time researching and looking and trying to work out what I should do. Um... And I watched a something called Idea Jam at the time, which was with a guy called Ashton Kitchener. And he was talking about being a content provider and how we can all be content providers of a professional level with the technology that we now have at our hands. So whether it be being able to um, to film or be in a studio or the te- you know all of the different equipment that you used to need to be able to do things like what I'm doing right now and you'd need a big BBC studio, um, you are able to do you know we're back in 2010 but you're able to do without that kind of funding and and it was at this point around about the Christmas time of 2010 that I had the vision of radio. Now, 
it was partly because of the things that I was researching, but it was also I was prompted by Radio One to put in three demos for In New DJs We Trust, which is a, a residency that Radio One would be doing for new dance music artists and bringing them through. And I put through, I put over three demos for Radio One, uh, one by Filthy Rich, one by Spectre, and one by the Young Punks. And the Young Punks was a out of this world demo. They're already doing a podcast, and basically, Hal Ritson, who is a pure genius when it comes to the music world, he uh, cut up his podcast and put that forward as a demo, and it was brilliant. And I didn't get anything back from Radio 1 to begin with. And then when I finally did get a response, they said that it was too like Annie Mac. And I was like, this isn't like Annie Mac. And that's nothing taken away from Annie Mac. I was like, this isn't, this isn't Annie Mac. Um, but again, this was really, really frustrating to me. I was like, oh my God, this is like the most amazing demo. Why isn't it getting any attention? Now, for whatever reasons, whether they're looking for somebody with big amounts of followers or bigger name or whatever it didn't and then I'm sitting here with this radio shows that are brilliant and so it was that and a conversation with an ex-business partner that put some ideas into my head and it was then that I was like okay how about we do radio and my vision for radio was to to bring the essence of the fun times of rave, uh, the real talk, back to radio, to be able to play the music that is not getting the attention uh, on Radio 1, even on the Friday nights. You know, it's dance music, it's supposed to be specialist, but it become more and more and more and more commercial still. And it wasn't, it just wasn't working for me or for my artists. And... So having a load of artists that had a load of amazing music and they were doing radio shows, in the end, it just made so much sense for me to be able to create something with all of us working together. So that's where the original vision was born. And it sounds quite simple, um, but I really didn't know what I was letting myself in for. <laughs> And uh, although, yeah, do, making a radio station is easier on a technology-wise and all of those things, there are some fundamental things that I then started to learn about radio as to the work and to the amount of uh, commitment that is needed. And, and so that was a huge, huge learning curve for me. So there I have it. So there it was. I was like, right, that's it. I'm I'm going to do radio. I was actually double dared by my radio mentor or coach being Paul Conroy. And he double dared me to do it, which is just a bad thing to do to me because if somebody does that, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm doing it. Um, so I did. I went for it. Um, and I took out some investment to do it. And I started learning about radio and it was uh, three people, Paul Conroy, John Fitz and Justin Pywell, who helped me understand the sound side and the fundamentals of what makes radio sound good and the quality of sound and the presenting and all of these kind of things.
So when I started the radio, I wasn't starting it for me to be on it. I was the last person I was thinking of to be on it. It was for my DJs. It was to get them to be able to work together, to put their traffic together and to create more attention for their music and for their artistry. Me being on the radio was just a little sideline. Just a little bit of fun for me. But little did I know that I was about to fall in love with being on air. And I was absolutely terrible when I first started. I remember my first show and I left the mic up while I was singing along and sounded absolutely hideous. Um, But I did fall in love with radio. And one of the things I didn't realise at the time was that... I was falling in love with it as a need and a must because it had become the place that I was happiest. And whereas things were tough in the rest of my world, when I jumped on air, everything else paled into insignificance. And I felt free again. And I had a community and I was able to reach out even though I wasn't seeing anybody at the time and wasn't really talking to anybody other than work-wise. I suddenly had this outlet and I became addicted to this outlet. And because it was my station, I could jump on whenever I wanted and whenever there was space to do so, I started doing just that. And there were days and, and weeks that I'd spend five hours, six hours, seven hours on, on air just because for the thrill of it, of I was feeling so good and I had people to talk to and I was just really, really finding my feet with it. And I really do look back on that time, that first year for me as a as such a learning curve of throwing myself into the into the hot seat and just rolling with it and and finding my my true love of what being on air is all about and the the thing that really really started to hit home for me was the community that I was building and so whereas I've been doing it for the DJs and I thought it was all I was doing this for a business level all of a sudden there was this community that was reaching out from here to Lebanon to China to Japan to all kinds of places and I had all kinds of DJs on on the station and what I should obviously mention which I failed to mention already is I kind of did radio backwards so whereas radio is always known as the audio medium I knew that streaming was coming and I thought that this was what our DJs need to do to give people a better connection to watch them and and to listen to them. And so I created a self-hosted visual streaming platform and created the Ideal Club World, which is what we called it, or I called it, and created the Ideal Club World as the first, and I do know it was the first live and visual radio station out there. We started at the same time at Boiler Room TV and Be At TV were doing their whole thing. But ours was all, mine was all about radio. But I say ours because I always think of the radio as ours. It's not about me, it's about us. Without you, there is no us. So, so we were learning a load of technology about streaming and how streaming works and what, what doesn't work with streaming and all of the different uh, technology of all of that. And 
what I was building, I soon realised, was a community. And we were all, I was quite needy at the time. <laughs> and the community that I created was a, a diehard community that still holds strong today. And that community became the fuel that fed me and the love that kept me going because there were times I was like why am I still doing this and different DJs one of the things about radio is you go through a lot of DJs people decide to do it and then decide not to and then decide to do it again and you know all of these kind of things and because it is a real commitment test you know radio is all about being there at the same time at the same place every week or every month and and that whole commitment thing and one of the things I I know about about people that are looking to become DJs is one thing I'll say to everybody is the level of commitment that you need is is a serious amount of dedication. Um, and and that's a, a really important thing to realise. But that community, that dedication that I was giving to the radio, that community started to literally be the air that I breathed. And it kept me going. And through the hardest and saddest times of my life, and there were many, 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 many times that I was crying my eyes out on on air because the music brings an awful lot of emotions, especially when you're feeling emotional. And I, I'd hide my, I tried to hide my emotions and I tried to hide the fact that I was welling up on air. And fortunately, in those, those days, the quality of the visual wasn't so good that people couldn't see it so much. Um, but I went through a, a real process of... Um, building my confidence that I didn't even realise I was really doing. So I was building my confidence and I was building a community with the love that I was putting in. And our, tag our tagline for the Ideal Club World was reaching out for the love of the music. And so I continued to do that. And so a few DJs left the roster because they decided that I was spending too much time on radio and not enough time on them, which such as life maybe I was maybe I wasn't um but I then realized that I was the buzz that I was getting and the love of what I was doing was a far far greater level than just looking after DJs not so I don't look like I like looking after DJs and I still do um but for a greater level for me personally I needed to spread my wings a bit more so that was it, the first year of the Idol Club World. Um, the first year of the Idol Club World was raw and underground in the extreme. And, and I'm glad there wasn't millions of people watching because it wasn't very good then. <laughs> um, but it was my testing ground. Um, but then I had, obviously, lots of DJs that were used to DJing coming in. And everybody was really, really... I know now attracted by the kind of love and the community and the sharing and the support that it gave to all of us. You know, it wasn't just for me. The people that were listening would come into the chat room every day. They would always be talking on Twitter. And and we were all becoming closer and closer, clo as closer as a united music family across the world. And I was very, very, very proud of that and still am to this day. And that, for me, is the most important thing about radio music and our community and the friends I've made from it and still do and the freedom it gives us and 
again, this freedom in our radio is a really, really vital point to me and to all of us because there is many places that you are told what to play, told what to say, told how to act, told what kind of music you should put out and what you shouldn't and that's not what this bag is all about. This is a place where people are free. It's a safe space. My radios have always been safe space to play and say whatever you like and to be able to do it freely because I believe that's when the best and the most golden creativity comes out. So, we're a year on and I'm working my way through the radio but it's hard on my own, really, really hard and there are a few DJs that have come along and there was one DJ that had started to really stick out to me. I'd first come in contact with him uh, when he was a promoter for Haggadah, uh, for Ministry of Sound in Haggadah, Egypt. So I'll try rerun. So I first came into contact with this DJ who became very important and is very important uh, when he was a promoter for Ministry of Sound in Haggadah in Egypt and he booked four of my DJs. And seemed like a really nice promoter, you know, paid all the contracts, uh, uh, paid the deposits on time, signed the contracts and did that whole thing. And then when he'd come back from Egypt, he'd applied to the radio and so he'd started on the Ideal Club World about six months after we first, after I first started it up. And this DJ was a DJ called, at the time, Walter Wall. And Walter Wall... <laughs> 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 He's lurking around. <laughs> and so Walter Wall had started broadcasting on the Ideal Club World. And he'd become what had been a very, very supportive. He really, like, out of all of the DJs that uh, was working with at the time, really was sticking out to me, not only for his skills and for his commitment and always being there, but for his support of the team and his support of me. Because that that really does shine out his effort his proactiveness all of those kind of things when you work with a lot of people these kind of these are the things that really stick out um and so he came over to the ideal club world my studio in my house and was the first time i met him so in comes walter wall you're gonna come in <laughs> So, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to hand over to Walter Wall, otherwise known as Mike Wall, who is now known as Waxworks. And he's going to tell you a little bit about his story of how he moved into the radio and what, what happened next. Hello, Mike here from iStream Radio. Uh, many of you will know me under the producer uh, DJ name Waxworks. Uh, previously, the DJ producer name of Walter Wall, as Sasha mentioned in one of her previous videos. And I have been a raver and misbehaver for many years. I bought my first set of uh, vinyl decks when I was at the tender age of 14. Got into the clubbing raving scene in Brighton here on the south coast. Um, and then went away travelling for many years and DJed all over the world. I got to DJ in New Zealand, in Australia and in Canada. Uh, and came back to the UK, did a bit of other stuff and ended up uh, as a resident DJ for Ministry of Sound and Head Candy for a few years in 
Egypt. Um, that brought me up to 2010. I came back. Um, the uh, uprising in Egypt uh, happened. I'd been there three years working out there um, and everybody basically had to leave and came back to the UK. So after already having quite a bit of a good DJ career behind me, but in other countries all around the world, came back to the UK and had to remake a name for myself um, and get everybody to know me back home. Um, and obviously it's not easy to just get out and get gigs straight away. Um, so I got back and a lady that I'd been dealing with booking DJs while I was in Egypt um, from Ideal DJs, she'd started a radio station called Ideal, D Ideal Club World. And I thought I'd have a go at that. <laughs> I'd never done any radio before. I had done three years in Mallorca as an Oggy Oggy DJ and that's not on my bio. Um, but it did give me valuable experience and it did give me a bit of confidence on the mic. But I'd never done radio before. And when I found the radio where the radio found me, I was living back at home with my mother. Um, I was actually living in a cabin at the end of her garden. And that's where I did my first radio shows from. Um, 10, 11, 11 years later, um, I got to the dizzy heights of being my DJ dreams coming true and DJing on the terrace for El Row in Barcelona. I opened the terrace in 2019. Um, it was the first show of the year. I was the first DJ on the terrace and I did a good enough job to be invited back and DJ for them again on Christmas day that year at midnight uh, headline set, which was absolutely amazing. Um, so literally over that 10 year period, I went from DJing in my mum's uh, cabin at the end of her garden to the terrace of El Row. And radio was a really, really important part of, of that um, because it really helped me nurture not only myself as an artist and my confidence levels, but it really gave me a way to connect with my fans and talk to them. Um, and also play a little bit of different music to what I was playing in the club. So people got to know a little bit more of my musical history, what I was into. I wasn't just a tech house DJ. They realised that actually I've been DJing for many years and I could DJ everything from disco to techno. You know, play the disco sets when appropriate at the pool parties, play the techno sets at the 3am to 6am club nights. Um, but radio was... a uh, was a total new world to me. I hadn't, I had no idea of how what it was going to be like, and 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 how beneficial it really was going to be. Um, being there live every week and being consistent, and connecting with those fans that are engaging with you. So it's not just doing the radio show, but engaging, talking to them, also engaging on social media with them. Um, it really grew my fan fan base really, really quickly, and not just locally either. We're talking worldwide. Uh, and as a DJ, having a worldwide audience, we all want that, right? Because we all want to get booked abroad. Um, so it was a massive, massive help and stepping stone in my DJ career. I went from being DJ wall to wall, um, which wasn't a name that my manager, now wife, Sasha, was uh, too fond of. Um, but that was actually a prop to my pops. I was a young DJ at the time. He used to own a carpet shop called Wall to Wall Carpets. And I said I'd be DJ wall to wall because I always had the dance floor packed wall to wall. <laughs> um, it worked for, for a while, but yeah, it came a bit cheesy in modern times. So I rebranded under the name Waxworks. Um, and that came from a lot of the music I was making. I was going through my old vinyl collection and digging out those tracks that I really loved from back in the rave days and then looking into where those guys got their samples from or how they made their sounds and recreating what they'd created in a more modern way. 
Um, and that's how kind of Waxworks Tracks first started out. Now I can make everything from, from disco to tech house. Um, and absolutely love it. So the most important things about radio for me um, has been the connection to people. As I said, I've talked about connecting to your fans, which you can really do as a radio DJ because you're using your voice. Uh, and they get to know your personality. They get to know you as a person, not just about your music. So it gives them more depth of knowledge about who you are as an artist. But it also connects you to other artists as well. So, you know, supporting people in and out every week, um, doing your hashtag now plans and tweeting them and then connecting with you and seeing you supporting their music. It brings them closer into you, you know, and I was supporting some of my favourite artists and some of my favourite labels, and I I did that for a good couple of years on my radio show, and then started producing as Waxworks, um, and then so when I sent out my music to those labels, they were like, oh, this is this guy who's been supporting our label for the last two years, supporting our artists. So, of course, they're going to listen to my music. And they liked it. And they signed it. Um, I've gone on to be signed by labels such as Armada, uh, Viva, Elro, CR2. And also started my own record label, Shanghai, uh, which ran for a couple of years. And that was supporting up-and-coming artists. So, you know, not being all about yourself. Giving back to your community and giving back to the up-and-coming artists is a really, really important thing for me. Um, I love nurturing new talent and finding out about new hot people and going, yeah, you know, these these guys are good and they should get more exposure and giving them that exposure. Um, that's been a real blessing to be able to do that for other people. Um, I've had uh, artists on my Shanghai label before they blew up, as, as they say, uh, such as Ben Sterling, Frankie Wah, uh, Reblock. Uh, and all these guys have gone on to do really great things and it fills me with a bit of pride to know that I was there at the start of their journey supporting them when they needed it. Um, so yeah, as well as uh, the radio being beneficial to me as an artist um, and then being beneficial to all the people I was supporting um, and, and talking about that community that that builds, it's also given me lifelong friendships. Um, and a wife <laughs> um so yeah we fell in love on the radio and we ran off to burning man and got married in 2014 um so we became a couple and waxworks became a, a thing and uh we've been together moving forward ever fit ever since and some of the djs on our first radio station idol club world um have gone on to be personal friends of ours now lifelong friends uh one of them married us in the desert one of the djs and one of them was our best man um, and just staying connected to those people and, and seeing them, the people that are on the team, all connecting with each other uh, and making lifelong friendships as well. You know, relationships are a really important thing and it's not just about romantic relationships. We all need to have those good and positive, healthy relationships with people, like-minded people that are into the same things you're into and into them for the same reasons as you are. And when you connect with people and you resonate and you work together, amazing things can be achieved. So where are we now? iStream Radio is just over a year old. Um, we've rebranded and relaunched during the pandemic, during very hard times. Um, but we're going from being a one-channel station now to being a three-channel station. Here we are, together. Um, and obviously for us, the greatest thing that the radio brought us was love. Each other. Each other. Um, and... We're no longer doing it on our own. <laughs> <laughs> and and not doing it on your own is is a fun nobody wants to be alone. Um we have a drop on the radio station now which says you're not alone. Um and that is a really, really key thing for us. So I'm no longer alone. 
Mike, I'm no longer alone. <laughs> Mike's no longer alone. And each and everybody that's in our community um, that we re- do reach out to with love, support, connection and, and realness, don't we? And respect. And respect. Um, this, this is what keeps us all going because, because we, we need that in our social world. More than ever right now. More than ever, which, which does lead me to, to where we got to in 2020 as when the pandemic hit and when the worldwide crisis hit. And obviously this was a time that threw everybody out of their comfort zone and uh, a, a really difficult time for us all where the connection was suddenly broken down in a way that had never been broken. We were no longer able to see each other, or see for our friends, see our families, even leave the house. But the bright side of that for us at the time, and for anybody that's in radio and, and TV and, and that side of things, was that all of a sudden the traffic and our audience threw through the roof <laughs> because everybody was at home all of a sudden or everybody was not working and so people were looking for um online ways to connect um and and not just online obviously our our radio is online and it will always be online online is what we're all about because you can't be a global radio station on the fm dial (laughs) um so our global online our global online world is is the crux of it for us and, and so we're here now in March 2020, weren't we? And, and everything's, everything's stopped. The DJ world stopped. All your, you lost all your gigs overnight. Like, overnight. <laughs> like everybody else did. Um, the events industry ground to a halt. Um, and we all stopped going out. And so we saw, didn't we, everybody jump on. All the DJs just started to jump on live streaming. Everybody started live streaming. Even uh, people that weren't DJs just live streamed in their kitchen with the <laughs> DJ set up just to say that they were DJing. <laughs> really, they were making dinner. But yeah. It didn't matter. People were watching. <laughs> but that was great to see for us because having been streaming for many years at that point, um, we've been going, come on, everybody, let's stream. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. And it took a a pandemic and a crisis for everybody to go, oh, all right, yeah, then. Yeah, to crawl out of the woodwork and come out of their comfort zone a bit, which was great. Which was great, yeah. And it was great to see people, you know, great to see people making that connection. So to begin... And getting a taste of what live streaming is about and... And, uh, and the, the drawbacks as well, you know, all the, the things that we've learned over the years, you know, Facebook cutting you down and there's no point in doing it on Facebook and... You know, where can you live stream these days that you're not going to be getting taken down other than our platform that's... You know, there are a few places that you can. There's Mixcloud and there's Bandcamp. So, you know, and I'm not going to say there aren't other places to stream. But the streaming side was really critical to us. And so the pandemic's here and we spent the first month, didn't we, getting ready to do a BMC show. Um, Because BMC was supposed to be happening. That April. No, it was that. Was it that April? Oh, I can't remember. But yeah. it had been delayed, didn't it? It had been delayed till September or whatever. And so we were trying to right. do something because obviously the cri- the crisis had stopped the actual date. So we were going to do something. We to did p- a virtual BMC. We, well, we did a virtual radio show to yeah. begin with to, to promote everything that was going on, that, something that we could do while in lockdown. And so you did your 
did a radio BMC radio show with we did and we interviewed Danny Howard Fatboy Slim uh, Nick Hartnell from Orbital so I remember planning the show in the garden all week um, and we we managed to put it together with Billy and Nicky and the BMC team within a well, that's it. another big a week. part of it was that um, Billy who runs BMC you know obviously with with it all being cancelled um, and put off he was in a bad place you know he was worried he was worried about about how he was going to be able to pull it all off. You know, so much work goes into the logistics of it all and everything and it all falling down. It was like last minute. Um, and I remember waking up one morning and saying to Sash, why don't why don't we do something for BMC? And we went in the garden and like she says, we, we sat down and we planned it all. Um, and it was such a great energy booster for everybody because we got to go out and talk about it all and it made Billy feel better and it made me feel better and it made everybody that was involved feel better. Yeah. And we got to talk to some really lovely people. So at the time, we were taking the positive side of the fact that even though um, Mike had lost his gigs, uh, we still had radio and the radio was online and, and the radio traffic was going up and everything was okay. But at that point, uh, I was licensing another brand's name to do radio um, and things become difficult uh, with, though, with the people that we were uh, licensing off. And so... So, and things have become difficult in lots of ways, again, um, not just for us, obviously, the, the pandemic and the crisis and, and how it was affecting people's mental health and all kinds of things that were kicking off. And we, you specifically, hit a very, very, very difficult personal situation within your family. Um, and because of that, our whole life turned upside down for for a long time, a long for, time yeah. for quite a while, but our life turned upside down and we, we had to start to um, uh, look at our lives and what we were going to do and, and how things were progressing. How we wanted to move forward and who we wanted to move forward with. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think it's good to say, like, you know, we, we always are honest. And and everybody, everybody in this industry I know, have always questioned themselves at some point. Do I carry on being a DJ? Do I carry on being a DJ manager? Do I carry on being doing radio? Do I carry on even bo- bother mixing? Shall I just give up on this dream? Is this a real job? Blah 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 blah. Right. And we all, anybody, all artists and and creative types, all have this kind of struggle. I believe at some point, yeah. At some point. And and so we all do. And I had put so much work over the years and I was questioning myself as to what to do next. But there was this one thing, wasn't there always, that we, the fundamentals of what we love about the radio, about the music, about our culture, about our scene, were the fundamentals that we were like, we take away all the crap, take away all the stuff that's going on. What do we want to really do? And it was in the summer, wasn't it? Uh, um, in July 2020, that while going through a difficult time in personal life, not between us, but outside circumstances and things that are impacting us, we sat together in the garden and Ice Dream as a brand was born. The Ice Dream Dream was born. The Ice Dream Dream was born. I've got it all written out, just like I have my original Idol Club World written out. 
Yeah, and and what we realised when when we were doing it is that a lot of our core principles and everything, the reasons that we do it, haven't changed. No. We've just got a lot more knowledge now, ten years down the line, of of what we, exactly we want to do. We're much clearer with our purpose, which isn't just about music. It's the, the community and unity part of it is so fundamental. It is uh, everything. It is. It's everything, you know. And it's it's we want to be a worldwide station, but we want to have influence locally as well, and we just want to bring pe- people together and give them a safe space to be able to be themselves in and support them in every way that we know that we can with our knowledge and experience. Exactly. Uh, I I look back at my radio life. Obviously, I've had a long, long-term long life in um, working within the music industry and the dance music industry specifically. But I look back and go, you know, when I went into radio, I had no idea what I was doing, really. You know, I knew a lot about music world and, and raving and itself. I loved radio I'd always been a radio fan as in a radio listener I listened to Chris Moyles and Chris Tarrant and Chris Evans and <laughs> a lot of Chris's on the radio um but I uh, and there was and some Paul bloke Com- on Radio 1 that was quite good for a few years <laughs> and Paul <laughs> and Paul Conroy um obviously I used to listen to his Sunday show every week in in Bristol and and this is the radio that I loved so Although I loved radio, I didn't know anything about working in radio. I was a DJ manager, I was a club promoter, I was all of those things. Um, I went into radio thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I could do it. And many times I was like, fuck, can I? (laughs) (laughs) Can't edit out that one. Just how it is. I was like, fucking hell, what have I let myself in for? Because radio is a daily, daily grind. Uh, You know, when running a radio station, there's no days off on radio. Um, and not when you're running it. Not when you're running it, and and to make it work and everything, and, and keep so, everybody happy. And yeah, your listeners and your DJs. Keeping everybody happy is a, uh, a a task of life that I try to do my very best, but it's never easy. Um, and you can't never, you can't always keep everybody happy. You know, p- people go through different things and different reasons in their life, and and all kinds of things. So we're all moving through our journeys and through our path in life, but. What I do see now is that the last 10 years of doing radio and understanding all of the different elements and the fundamentals of what works and what doesn't and what works in streaming and what doesn't has given me the confidence and the uh, ability and the know-how and the knowledge and the understanding and all of those things, isn't it, of throwing yourself into something to be able to do what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, and to be able to actually be able to deliver, uh, to be able to invite people and be confident that we've got something for everybody. Um, and this is what iStream is all about. Um, iStream, so iStream started in January 21. We're now April 22. And last year was the hardest year of your life, wasn't it? Yeah, hands down. It wasn't easy for me either. <laughs> no, yeah, I went through a terrible crisis. Uh, it was a massive um, family mental health crisis, which impacted the whole family um, and myself. And tragically, I lost my brother in, in 2020. So you know, he was the closest person to me on the planet. Um, so to go, have gone through all that and, uh, and have something to hold on to and give birth to during all that has been, been a blessing. And it's not only helped me, I, you know, I know that, other people were talking to one of my DJs yesterday, one of our DJs, and he said that he didn't, if he didn't have our stream through the pandemic to focus on and, and have a somewhere to put his, his focus and energy of his music into, he didn't know what he would have done. 
Something uh, to keep you going. Something to keep you going. Yeah, yeah, and that's, a, that's another real key part of it. it. It gives you a purpose, gives you a team to be part of, and and something to be excited about. And, and that, you're not alone. Yeah, and I mean that's the fun. That's the 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 crux of of life and working through music and working through life in general is general is it's not always going to be a walk in the park <laughs> no, and, and shit happens yeah shit happens yeah and um you know and in the in the dj world it's very um well, singular but isolating i guess you know like it's, it's every man against himself Everyone trying to better be better than each other. Everybody wants the gigs this geezer's got, and all of this competitiveness. Competitiveness, yeah. And um, and actually, I think that's destroying our scene. It's not what I got into the raving about. You know, I got into raving for unity and community. And I know we keep saying it, but I think in these times, more than ever, we need it more than ever. Um, and and bringing a team of people together, all supporting each other, just means you're not doing it on your own anymore. Exactly, and um, we're all. Whether it be a DJ manager or a DJ or or a wife on that day or a gardener on that day or whatever, um, we're all we're all moving through life and um, having being able to be honest, real, and to be able to turn around to your team and go, yeah, I'm not having a good day today, um, and and us to be able to work together through that mm-hmm. instead of just going, you're the DJ and you've always got to be a, a there and being the party person and all of those, and things, all of yeah. those things and none of us or rem- just be about your instagram and your image and these things the superficial things which aren't as important they're not as important and instagram followers are not as important as they're music not. and it is something as a radio station and both of us um are very strong on as to the fact of we're not interested in how many instagram followers you've got First and foremost, we are always interested in your music and you. You know, as a person, as a team, you are more, everybody's more than just a DJ. Yeah. Um, and, and pretending, you know, the pretense and the pretending that everything is all fine or, you know, all of those kind of things, it's just not, it's not real life. There's just a lot of fakery, you know, there's a lot of filters over things and it's not reality. I mean, a lot of these people that have got lots of followers on Instagram, things like this, they're not even real, they buy them, but they'll get booked because they look popular. Um, And then these kind of DJs get booked and they don't do a great job and they wonder why there's no atmosphere in the club. (laughs) Exactly, and and this is the, the moralistic, part of what we are doing when, with our stream and reaching out to everybody um, that is looking for something to be a part of um, and somewhere that they can express themselves and musically or vocally musically vocally both um, and in whatever way and have a supportive team and and if they're you know it, the way we've designed it is hopefully and you can come and have a look and just go to iStreamRadio.com to have a look at everything that's going that's on. That's iStream with a double E. That's iStream with double E. Um, this online platform, uh, we have developed it and we've been spending an awful lot of time in the last six months uh, while building while building the brand and establishing uh, us as a new brand and radio station is to develop platforms that are open for all and attractive for all so whether you be an established artist whether you're just getting into the scene 
And also something that is obviously attractive to the listener. It can't just be attractive to the DJ. It's got to work for the listener as well. Um, and most importantly. <laughs> the listener is the most important for all of, our art- all of us as artists. And so that's what we're doing now, isn't that's it? where we are. And that's why we are sitting here and we are now reaching out to you at home. Uh, wherever you are in the world. The global underground. In the global underground. We want you. We want you. We want you if you want us. <laughs> um, and we want to tell everybody that we have a space for you. So the way it's working is this. Up until now, we have had one channel, uh, one stream that uh, everybody has been on. Um, and what we are doing now is we are splitting our radio channels into two channels and launching iStream TV. iStream.tv. So up in, uh, when I said earlier we're doing radio backwards, so I started off doing radio as live and visual. We are now uh, splitting our channels so that our radio channels are audio, uh, audio only, and that our TV channel which will launch at Brighton Music Conference live on the 26th of May. The TV channel is a true TV channel. Think those that are old enough. Think Rapture, uh, Club Vision, Hitman and Her, <coughs> and MTV, all boiled into one. Um, and, and that is the way we have designed it so that it can be attractive and work for everybody. So right here, right now, we are putting together a schedule for the Radio 1 channel, which is going to be entirely curated and programmed and invited by us. And so we're going through our friends and and the people that we've known and loved throughout in the industry. People that we look up to. Uh, people that we respect, um, artists, obviously, that we respect, but not just not just DJs. Uh, we're looking for news reporters. We're looking for podcasters, spiritual gurus, spiritual gurus meditator, yeah. you know, anybody that wants to have a platform and an audience that can, they want to connect with and that maybe wants something different to being hosted on the big tech platforms. Exactly. Uh, it's a... Cr- crucial thing for us that this is an independently hosted platform we are not hosted by facebook or youtube and although we of course use all of those channels to uh, let everybody know what we're doing uh our platforms are independently hosted there are no takedowns it is high quality professional audio and visual quality that you'll be getting and that is something that we pride ourselves on um, because it, it's, uh, uh, we all want to sound good and look good. <laughs> um, who doesn't want to be on the telly? Who doesn't want to be on the telly? And who doesn't want to be on the radio, yeah, really? That's it. <laughs> so, so we have two channels, Radio 1, which is going to be, well, is being um, programmed by us right now. Uh, we are talking to the great and the good. And so those established artists, experienced artists, and... Um, you know, you know, who people you... with something a bit to say as well as just play. You know, that's what we're looking for. People that are out there talking about what's going on in the world and 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 what's important in the world, reaching out with love and unity. Yeah, you know, people with stories to tell, experience, experience to share, experience to share, yeah, and knowledge to pass on. 
Um, so I'm not just talking about the older guard. Obviously, there are yeah. lots of different types of people that have got different stories and different and knowledge. different skills as well. Some skills. of the kids coming through, you know, some of the skills they've got on, on social media stuff and just the way that stuff's delivered is, is different. Exactly. So this is that's Radio 1. So I invite anybody that would like to uh, contact me or Mike or both of us um, that believes that they would really like to get involved in this. Uh, or just like to know more uh, for the Radio One's schedule, then just get in touch with us, and all our contact details are on the website. So, iStreamRadio.com. iStreamRadio.com. So on to Radio Two. So Radio Two is a subscription channel, and it is a subscription channel which is kept at the as cheap as I can possibly make it, but to actually make it work. Um, and this is a a promotional service where you are it is open for all um we are have opened it up to a hundred djs that are, we are taking on before bmc so in the next two months we are creating a unified dj movement across the world and we invite djs from across the world to sign up there is only a hundred spaces well there's less than a hundred spaces now because oh, it's yeah. already opened um and it you can be a talk show it could be a street a music mix just a mix of music you can be mixing and talking you can do what, whatever level you're at yeah yeah you can do whatever you like however you like on that stream and, and, and if that, you, yeah and if you want to progress we're going to be there to give you a bit of support and advice on on what you need to do to progress if that's what you want to do some people just want to do put out a mix once a month and that's that's good for them other people have more ambition and drive and want to do bigger other things and producing and this kind of thing uh, and obviously we've got a wealth of experience in all of those areas as well so and that's it so whatever channel you're on you become part of the iStream family um, and we as the DJs and presenters that are going to be on Radio 1 they're also going to, some of them are going to be grouping together to become mentors. And so we're going to have a, a mentorship that's open, okay. uh, a mentorship program that's open for uh, some of the artists that are coming through from the Radio 2 channel. So, so hopefully we'll be able to build them up to be able to get to the Radio 1 and to have that kind of uh, um, uh, uh, ambition to work towards. Yeah, and get to and then get to be on a channel alongside much bigger artists and and get them a bigger fan base. So that's it. Doesn't matter what genre you play, what you say, how out there it is, or whatever it is. As long as you're not hurting anybody or being disrespectful. Yeah, as long as you're not hurting anybody or being disrespectful. And we do have a moral code when you come into the ice stream family, uh, in any way. So you know, no abuse, no hate speech. You know, the normal kind of thing. So that's it. So. That is Radio 2. So wherever you are across the world, if you need more information, um, then you can hit us up. Our contact details are on the website. Go to the front page of the website, hit the DJ sign up, and you will go to the Join the Movement. And you can see all of the information there. It is just £25 to secure your slot. Now, that £25 will confirm you and it will guarantee you to be in the summer schedule that we are announcing at Brighton Music Conference and that will launch on the 1st of June. Um, if you want to pull out after that, um, that securing the slot, and you suddenly change your mind, then you can. Um, and that, fr- that slot will just become free. So, you know, it is 
if you want to go for it at this point and then you change your mind, there is that still that option. Um, but once you subscribe, then it will be a commitment for, you know, three to six months. That's Radio 2. And then iStream TV will also be at a launching at Brighton Music Conference. So this is open to your talk show presenters, your YouTubers, your anybody that wants to do a presented TV show. Uh, this is not for people just streaming music. This Everything on iStream TV must be presented. Um, we're going to be having music videos. We've got music videos on there at the moment. So if you go to iStream.tv, you can see our... Um, platform and that's just a sneak preview as to what will be happening when we go live at Brighton Music Conference um, and that platform is open for applications so we're going to be programming that as well but that is open for applications and that will also be aligning with Radio 1 for special event broadcasts so live broadcasts from clubs where we're going to be not just um, uh, broadcasting the the mix and the the DJ, but we're going to be live reporting from festivals and clubs from the dance floor. From the dance floor, getting out and talking to you ravers. Yeah, is this DJ playing right now really good? Is he as good as he said on his Instagram post? <laughs> Let's go and ask a few people in the audience. It's, Have a bit of fun. Exactly, it's all got a little bit serious, and I think uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing out there. Is getting out there and having a lot, a lot of fun and talking all to you crazy raver kids out there. And that's it, really. So that's that's who we are, a little bit of what, little bit. who we are, what we're doing. We are obviously sitting in the Audio Mango van, and Audio Mango and the amazing people at Audio Mango have made it possible for us to be able to move forward and to make this leap. Um, we will be taking the Audio Mango van around the country around the country to start with we're going to be interviewing lots of different DJs in it and taking it to lots of different festivals so if yeah. you want us to come to your festival or you would like to record in this amazing studio which is of BBC quality sound and tech um, to your door to your door or to your festival or to your club night or wherever it may be then yeah. just get in touch with get me in touch. <laughs> let's talk um so yeah we're going to be situated at the bai 360 um with the brighton brighton music conference crew and we're going to be interviewing lots of the delegates and the people that are passing through the conference over the two days just to encapsulate the magic of the affair um, the unity we'll, and community of it. Yeah, and we'll be the first time that we are live on both of our channels at the same time. So do tune in, do watch. Yeah. If you can't make it there in person, we'll yeah, bring you, it to you. If you can't get to BMC, and tickets are on sale now, but if you can't get to BMC, then yeah, we're going to be broadcasting it to you live and direct all day long. And uh, yeah, going to be some fun. So yeah, our last thing to say to you is we are reaching out to all of you for this unified musical movement that we feel very, very strongly that there has never been a more important time for us to connect with our love and our music um, to try and break down some of this division and separation and, and disconnection that we've got in our world right now and, and come together with love, fun and music. So if that sounds like something you want to be getting involved with, get in touch. Then you know where to call. Ice Stream Radio. Together we have the power.